Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want you to flip open. I want you to go. Uh, we were here. We, this is where we've been. Uh, but I want you to go there again. I want you to go to First uh, John chapter 4. First John chapter 4. Take some of the bass out. I sound like Barry White. It should just be straight up and down. There we go. There we go. Two, two, two. All right. There we go. That sounds like me. Hello. <laughs> verse John chapter four. Uh, this is start at verse one. I, I just want to stay here. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone on into the world. So, uh, say this. Say false, false. things. Hey. Say false, false identities. identities. Say false, false. Okay. All right. By this you know every uh, by you, by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is coming the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ is coming the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and now is already in the world. And uh, and we, we were here and I'll finish this series on Sunday. We'll go to verse six, though. Um, we are of God. He who knows God hears us, who is not of God, does not hear us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Father, we just pray that you would anoint us to hear tonight in Jesus name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat tonight. I'm just I'm talking again tonight. I figure I warn you when we get started. Um, watch this. Um. Say this with me. Say false prophet. Watch this. A lot of the times what the enemy uses to deceive us is false information that's given to us. All right. Um, Anybody ever been told something like this? You're going to be just like your daddy. Ever been told something like that? You're going to be just like your no good mother. Anybody ever been told something like that? What happens is, is that through all of that kind of stuff, it creates a false uh, a false existence or false understanding of what reality really is. Okay. And what it does is it speaks something into you, prophesies something into you, but it's false. It's, it has no merit. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so you, you, but please understand, I always use this example. It's like the, the, the woman that's a size zero that stands in the, in the mirror, but she thinks she's too big. You know, she weigh a pound and a half. And she looks in the mirror and she says, wow, I'm, you know, I'm too big. Why? Because there's a there's a what being being relayed. False reality. There's something false there that's being picked up. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? And so and so I want to deal tonight. I want you to flip over. I want you to flip over to the book of uh, I want you to go go to the book of Kings for me. Go to the book of Kings. First Kings. 
First Kings. First Kings. First Kings. And uh, I want you to go. I want, uh, where do I want to go? I, I want you to go to chapter 11. I want you to go to chapter 11. Uh, we're going to be all over the Bible tonight, so just be ready, all right? 1 Kings 11, you have it? All right. Uh, verse number one. But King Solomon loved many foreign women. As we, now, <laughs> let me just fix it up. He's not talking about women that ain't from America. All right, let me just fix you up because I know someone, there's a spirit of error right there. See, that's why I didn't marry her. She was from America. All right. King Solomon loved many foreign women. In other words, he loved women that didn't love his God. Watch this. <laughs> Man, I think I'm about through right there. He loved something that didn't love his God. You, you missed that. You missed that. He loved something that didn't love his God. Okay, okay, uh, watch this, watch this. So it's just not limited to a woman. Anything that I fall in love with has got to be in love with my God. I can't like a certain TV show if you're not in love with my God. Okay, yeah, okay, I just, I just messed you up right there. Watch this, because anything I love that's foreign from God will take me from God. Are you hear what I'm saying? And so, please understand, money can be a foreign woman for you. Because anything that you love that will draw you from God, anything that's not his will draw you from him. I'm going somewhere. Y'all here? As well as the daughter of Pharaoh. Now, watch this. Pharaoh is the land that the children of Israel, what? They were delivered from. They were slaves. How many years? 430 years they were slaves in Egypt. Now, watch this. Now, I understand forgiveness. I understand moving on. But have a king go marry the daughter of the emperor that enslaved his people for 430 years. Okay, you, 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 you ain't saying nothing. Watch this. Watch this. It is amazing how we will love the very thing that we got pulled out of. And think it was something good. Y'all ain't saying nothing. God been dealing with me this all day. You hear what I'm saying? So I'm dealing with me first, then I'm dealing with you. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody say, it's all right. Tell somebody say, he just talking. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Um, watch this. Watch this. So Solomon, wisest man to ever live. You know why he was wise? Because he asked God for wisdom. Richest man to ever live. Gates didn't have nothing on him. Rich. Queba, Sheba fell out when she came to see Solomon. She, she, yeah, walked to somebody's house. Oh, this is nice. This, this, this is nice. Sat in somebody's car. Oh, this is nice. No, she got in there, couldn't say nothing, just. <laughs> granite and marble and name some stuff. She got in there. She got in his house and fell out. She saw his servants and how excellent they were. She fell out. Watch this. Watch this. So despite all of his knowledge and all of his money, he was still stupid. Amen. 
I'm talking to me first. I'm talking to me first. Come on, somebody. Watch this. Watch this. As well as the daughter of Pharaoh, woman of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidons, and the Hittites. Now, study your Bible. You will find that all of those peoples were enemies to God and God's people. So he's in love. Uh, remember, I preached a long time ago. CD will be out again uh, when the packages are here next week. But I did a thing called I'm in love with a stripper. Y'all remember, remember that? Uh, that was a while ago. But watch this. He's in love with all of the stuff that's killing him. And so we say, Lord, I'm trying to lose weight and I don't understand and I just can't lose weight. We'll put down some of the fat back. And the cornbread. And then biscuits at 1130 at night. The devil ain't doing that to you. You in love with daughters of Pharaoh, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidians, and the Hittites. I don't know why I can't get ahead financially. Stop spending money you don't have. That ain't the devil. That's you. I'm just talking. From the nations which the Lord has said, I'm verse 2, from the nations of whom the Lord has said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. He told them this up front. He said, because if you love something I took you out of, or if you love something that's an enemy to me, then it's going to turn you away from me and it's going to turn you to their God. Solomon clung to these in love. It's amazing. He loved something that didn't love him back. He loved the system. He loved the way of doing things that didn't love him. back. It's amazing. Some of the folk will fight for can't even stand you. And the people that's really in your corner, you'll kick them to the curb. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You'll fight for the one that's lying on you. Because, you know, nah, that's my friend. That's my, we've been knowing each other since second grade. But the people that's really in your corner. Okay. And look at this. Not only, watch this. Not only, Jimmy, was he distracted with one. He didn't have one crazy thing he was in love with. You ready to see this? Y'all ready to read? Watch this. And he had 700 wives princesses and 300 concubines those are girlfriends those are one night stands and his wives turned away his what his heart y'all here you notice I have no notes I'm just letting the Holy Spirit go <laughs> we just gonna flow tonight watch this Watch this. 700 things took the place that God wanted. It was a princess. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 700 took the place God wanted. And 300 were there just for fun. Are y'all here? Now, before you judge your neighbor, I'm talking to you. Say amen for yourself. Amen. <laughs> What's this? What's this? His wives turned away his heart. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods. What does old mean right there? Underline old. I'm going to tell you what old means. Old does now literally it means he was he was advanced in years. But I want you to get a deeper meaning there. Old meant when he could no longer see and no longer hear. 
When he got to a place in his life that he could no longer see God and no longer hear God, the thing that he loved the most, which wasn't God, turned his heart. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so what happens is, is, is then the question is, well, well what, what got him to the place to where he wasn't able to, to, to see and to hear? Well, if you, if you, if you study and you, and you look at this, this whole chapter, I talked about this in the Sins of the Father series, but if you look at this, what happened is, is who was Solomon's daddy? What was David's downfall? What, what, what one in particular? Bathsheba. Now, let me just clear up, because most people think, oh, Bathsheba was just a, she was a nasty woman. Who takes a bath on top of their house? She was just trying to get David. No, that's what they did in those days. They all bathed on their houses in those days. So David went and David beguiled her. David seduced her. Don't make me get my pimp stick out again. He walked up on her. He gave her the LAO lips. You understand what I'm saying? And watch this. And what he did was is he, is he, is he, he's, he deceived her and he got her. Now, now watch this. David's problem was that he was turned away. And it wasn't that the woman was the problem. People will use this scripture to try to say, see, that's a woman is every man's downfall. No, a dumb man is a dumb man's downfall. Amen. I'm trying, I got to balance it because there's more women in here than there is men. I got to get the majority on my side. You understand? Watch this. I'm just messing. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. David's daddy's problem was that he couldn't control himself. Watch this. Because they loved God, but they didn't have to have as much faith because they also had a lot of resources. He was the king. He had money. He had wealth. Solomon blew him through the water. Bishop, what are you trying to say? Solomon was only doing what his daddy put in his bloodline. You hear? That's why parents are so important that what you're doing now, that please understand you, your kids may not see it, but through the spirit, it comes through. That's why you can never actually meet and have a relationship with a father or mother, but be just like them. You hear what I'm saying? Because they put some in the bloodline. So watch this. Go to verse number uh, 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 verse four. And his heart was not loyal to the Lord, his God. Watch this. God had given him everything he ever wanted. But his heart wasn't loyal to God. And look what the Bible says. I just fix it up for you. As was the heart of his father, David. Watch this, verse 5. For Solomon went after Astrotes, I'm going to tell you what that is, the goddess of the Sidonians, after Milcom, the abomination, or abomination excuse me, of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord, as did his father David. And it goes on and it goes on and it talks some more. Watch this. Um, uh, anytime that we allow ourselves to place more focus on external stuff then our love for God it will always lead us away Bishop I know that but see let me prove it to you that you don't not like you say you do let me prove it to you, you ready if your circumstances can upset you hmm 
<laughs> if your circumstances can upset you, you just married yourself a wife or a concubine and it pulled you away. You, you didn't hear what I just said. If your circumstance, watch this, please understand, please understand. How many people know life happens? Tell somebody to say life happens. It happens. There's going to be stuff that's going to happen. Please understand, there's going to be stuff. You can, sometimes you'll get emails. Sometimes I wait to open my email to the end of the day because sometimes you're going to get emails. And I say, oh, Lord, I didn't want to see that. Please understand. Watch this. But life happens. And in life happening, y'all hear? In life happening, what happens is that the whole purpose is God says, I need to see where their focus is. Because if, if life, please understand, Ecclesiastes teaches that life is going to happen no matter what. Guess what? If you serve God or you don't, you're going to have trouble. Whether or not you do or you don't, you're going to have trouble. Don't be sold a lie that the moment you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, everything is tiptoeing through the tulips. It's not going down the yellow brick road. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? Y'all hearing what I'm saying? Now watch that. <clears throat> so what happens is, is when our circumstances dictate to us um, how we respond, what happens is, is that God really isn't in control anymore. You let your circumstance be in control. Say happy. How many people you're happy in life? It's okay. You can raise your hand. You're happy. Okay. All right. It's all right. How many people you say joy? Now, how many of you have joy? Okay, Bishop, what's the difference? I'm going to tell you the difference. You ready? Happiness is an emotion. Joy is a state of being. I got happy last week when there was some extra money in my bank account. And there's far too much. There's. Uh, what's what's happening is 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 I got happy, Jimmy. I got happy. I said, "Look at what the Lord has done. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous." Hallelujah. But a couple hours later, I find a way to spend it. So all of what I just got, I found something to spend it on. That was for ministry, but I found something to spend it on. And so watch this. So my happiness was gone. Because my extra change is gone. It ain't even extra no more. It's gone. Watch this. Watch this. Today, I have a favorite dessert. I tell you all a lot about my food escapades. In the magazine, I'm going to put a column called Bishop's Food something. <laughs> I have a favorite dessert. I got it today. I ordered it today. And I got it. I went and picked it up. I was happy. Some of y'all over food? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was happy. I can't tell you where it's from, but it was really good. Oh, my Lord. I got half of it left. Bible said it's going to be quick. <laughs> watch this. I was happy. Now, watch this. Once I had gobbled it down, I wasn't happy no more. In fact, I was the very opposite. Because now, <laughs> I just had about four, 5,000 calories. On a 2,000 calorie, uh, you know, daily allowance. So I didn't eat for the next two days. <laughs> so my happiness, <laughs> it was gold. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But joy is different. 
because joy has nothing to do with circumstance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. Watch this. So I understand that if God is always strengthened in my life, I always have joy. This is what that means. If my focus is always on him, he's always strong. You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. Come here, Ashley. Come here. Come here. They married. Watch this. Now tell him, tell him you like his muscles. Fill on his muscles, his bicep, all this kind of stuff. Tell him you love his muscles and all that. Okay, hallelujah. Now watch this. She just built him up. So now he's going to walk around with his chest poked out. Yeah, my wife said I got big muscles. Yeah, I can grab that for you, Bishop. No problem. You hear what I'm saying? Watch this. Because she magnified something he wanted to be magnified. And y'all hear what I'm saying? So what happens is, is this, is that the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. When I magnify God, he becomes strengthened. Not that I'm giving him strength that he didn't already have. I'm simply accentuating what he does have. So then when he walks around in my life, he'll walk around with his chest poked out. Watch this. So the joy of the Lord is my strength. So, 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 so what happens? As, as God is magnified and God is strengthened, then what happens is, is my joy remains constant and consistent. Thank y'all. Because my joy is not dependent on what? Circumstance. So, so, so watch this. If I live my life subject to what happens to me, I'm reactive. Reactive people never experience a good life. You know why? Because the moment they do, somebody comes and boop, takes it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You ever, you ever got yourself ready? Come on, ladies. I'm talking to ladies right now. You got yourself ready. You was getting ready to go to Club Victory because you don't go to regular clubs no more, right? And so you was getting ready to go to Club Victory. And so what happens is, is you getting ready. You got your disc on. You got your, how they say it, your hair lied, dyed, and flipped it. Fried, died, laid aside, you got it all together. And then somebody pick out the one thing that's wrong. Yeah, that's nice, but you don't see that big old spot under your chin? Okay, so what happens is, is this, <laughs> is you were feeling good, and somebody, doop, snapped it out. Because it was dependent upon somebody else's approval of you. Amen. What is that? It's one of them concubines. It's one of them wives. That's a foreign thing. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Okay. All right. All right. So now I, I want to go from there. I want you to flip over me. I want you to flip. <clears throat> I want you to flip back with me uh, into Samuel. And I want you to flip. Uh-huh. First Samuel. Uh-huh. First Samuel. <clears throat> and uh, in First Samuel, I want you to go to verse or chapter number three. First Samuel, chapter number three. Somebody say order. 
Now, how many people you actually, when I said on Sunday, go home and do a spring cleaning or a spring spiritual cleaning? How many people actually did it? Yes, sir. Okay, good. Okay. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a secret about what happened. Tell you a secret about it. Uh, I did it. And, uh, and so what happens is, is I'm going through stuff, and I'm like, oh, my Lord. What is that? What about that? I found stuff I ain't never even wore before. <laughs> I said, what is this? I, I, I went through paperwork. I got paperwork for, I got more paperwork. I got a whole Xerox department. Watch this. Watch this. I, I want to show you something. Clutter keeps you from seeing. It keeps you from hearing. And not just physical clutter, are you here? Not just physical clutter, but spiritual clutter. And one of the things, and we're going to talk about it next month in April when we, when we get ready for Passover and all that, but one of the things that is so amazing is that we can be so busy being busy that we're not doing anything. Because you know what you're doing? You're just rearranging your clutter. Woo, what a hard day's work. You didn't move nothing. You just put this problem over here, brought this one down over here, and then, and, and then wow, man, praise God, hallelujah, I feel free. And then next Sunday, you're at the altar with the same stuff because you got the same three chairs. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? All we did was rearrange clutter. But I don't know about you, but I'm, I got to get some stuff out. Now, chapter 3, verse 1. Now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord <clears throat> before Eli. And the word, Now, let me just kind of tell you the background. Samuel was a prophet. Samuel was the man of God that, that uh, anointed David. Now, David became king, and, uh, and then it goes on from there. And then, of course, David had Solomon, and so on and so forth. All right? So, <clears throat> Samuel, this is Samuel's childhood here. The boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Now, Eli was the priest at this time. He was the priest, all right? But the, the problem is, and, and, and if I had time, I'd, I'd really go through it and show you Eli's problem. Uh, because Eli, he, he, he allowed his children to run rampant. And his children, now he was the high priest. But what happened is that Eli went forth. And as Eli went forth, his children, he had two sons. And Eli's children, they were out of order. They were sleeping with women in the church. No, you don't you understand that. If this is the church and this is the entrance, the, the, Eli's sons and the women would be at the entrance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And Eli never disciplined them. And he, and he let them do whatever they want to do. And so what happens is, is uh, like I said, I don't have time there, but Eli 3.1. Now the Lord Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Watch this. Churches were full, but nobody actually saw God. You, you, you hear what I'm saying? There was a lot of people shouting and clapping and raising hands, but God ever ne never actually manifested himself. He never actually showed himself. Are you here? And it came to pass that at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, his eyes had begun to grow so dim. What does it say? Couldn't see. 
And before the lamp of God went on the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was laying down, the Lord called to Samuel and answered, Here am I. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went to lay down. Then the Lord called yet again Samuel. Samuel rose and went to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So what's happening is Samuel's feeling this unction, but he doesn't know where it's coming from. Because he didn't know the word of the Lord yet. He didn't know the Lord. He's feeling, he's feeling that where he's at, God is calling him somewhere. The problem was is that when he went to the man of God, watch this, what does that mean for you? People that you think in your life are spiritual. Amen. When he went to the spiritual folk, they didn't even realize what God was trying to do. <laughs> Woo! And watch this, so he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you to call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now, the Lord came and stood and called us at other times. Samuel, Samuel and Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. I want you to underline that line. Speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it would tingle. In that day, I will perform against Eli and all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. So God is saying he's telling Samuel, who's apprenticing Eli, I'm getting ready to judge Israel because the priest is wrong. Are you still with me? I'm going somewhere. You're going to say, what does this got to do with Solomon? I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. He said, in that day, I will perform against Eli that is spoken from the beginning to the end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows. <laughs> That's his. In other words, it says he knows there's generational stuff going on. But he's interrupted it and tried to put a band-aid on a broken arm. I says. Because his sons made themselves vile and he didn't restrain them. And therefore, I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Okay, y'all ready? Okay, let me break all that down for you. What's happening is, is that the Lord is speaking to Samuel. Samuel doesn't know how to receive, though. So Eli then tells him, here's how, you here's how you receive. The next time you hear that voice, you say, Lord, what is that line I had you underline? Speak for your servant hears. In other words, the Lord had to say to Eli a few times, he, or excuse me, to Samuel a few times, he had to get his attention. What's this? He said, I'm trying to tell you something, but you're not in a place to listen to me. You don't even know what to say to me when I do speak to you. It's just like a fire hydrant. The fire hydrant's there. There's pressurized water. I was watching uh, how, uh, how Do You Make Stuff on Discovery Channel today. I finally saw how they make fire hydrants. I didn't know that thing was deep and down. It's all in the ground. That was amazing to me. I didn't know that. That was amazing to me. I just thought it was on top. That's amazing to me. Some of you are like, but Bishop, duh. Well, excuse me. <laughs> fire department, excuse me. All right. So watch this. The pressure's there. The water's there. But unless you know how to turn it, 
to the right angle, the right place to get the water to come forth, you've got all of this water that's waiting to come out, yet you don't know how to activate any of it. You got all of this stuff that's stored up for you. But because you don't know how to activate it, it just sits there. The Lord says to Samuel, I'm trying to talk to you, boy, but you don't even know what to say to me. So he goes to Eli and Eli tells him, OK, here's how you hear from God. When you feel the nudge, Eli, he says, this is how you do it. He says, when you feel the nudge, he says, he says, read the line again. I had you on the line. In other words, Lord, I'm not distracted anymore. The clutter's gone. I can hear you now. I got rid of all the foolishness. I got rid of numbers out of my phone that didn't need to be there. I changed my number. Come on, somebody. I saw all y'all's emails this week. Come on, somebody. I got rid of all the foolishness because I had to get the clutter out because you've been speaking. I've just not been able to hear you. And if I miss what you're saying, watch this. What you're saying is so large that if I miss it, I may get caught up in it. Good God Almighty. Because look at what he says. Eli, look what he says. He says, Eli knew his sons were operating in generational curses, but he didn't stop them. And let me make an announcement. Parents, I don't care if your child is 75. You got to get them in order. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. He said, Eli, you know they're doing wrong. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. That's the stuff that we do that we know. We shouldn't do. But our excuse is, well, God knows my heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he know it. <laughs> and listen, we're all guilty of it. So I, I'm, I'm t who am I talking to first? Me. You hear what I'm saying? Watch this. He says, <clears throat> verse 14. I'm just going to summarize verse 14. I got to move. He says, verse 14. I'm never going to allow Eli to atone for what he's allowed to happen. He missed it. He missed the timing. <laughs> watch this, watch this, watch this. He, he, he was a day late, and he was, he, baby, he was a dollar short, four quarters. Watch this, watch this. So Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here I am, and he spoke. What is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Now, Eli, you're the high priest. You're supposed to know what. Men of God that are leading your households, you're supposed to know what the Lord has said. Baby, what you think God's saying to us today? No, you're supposed to know. <laughs> Y'all ain't got to say nothing. That's all right. I'm going to do another Sunday. That's all right. Y'all keep on playing with me. <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. Look at what Eli knew it was bad because look at what he said. Please don't hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things he has said to you. So in other words, he's, he threatens him. He says, Sam, if you don't tell me whatever the Lord did tell you, I'm going to ask him to do it to you. That's a threat. You know, <laughs> That's a threat. You better give me a ride to the grocery store. I'll pray your car break down on the highway and spin off. 
That's what he said. That's essentially what he said. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what he says uh, seems good to him. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again to Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Bishop, what are you trying to say? I today just want to establish something to you. And then I'm going to take my seat. Watch this. A real prophecy or a real prophet doesn't always come bearing good news. Now, I know it's popular in church today. If you got a prophetic conference, what that really means is everything's getting ready to shift. I'm being facetious. Well, 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 a prophetic conference means you're getting ready to go to another level. Y'all know what I'm talking about. A prophetic word means I see in two days everything's getting ready to turn around. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And while some of that may be true, the, the Bible says, let it be found true if in its manifestation. If it happens, yeah, it's true. Watch this. Samuel received the prophetic word, but the word was that, Eli, you better get your stuff together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And really, in that case, he was really telling him, Eli, it's, it's really, you, you, it's too late. Um, here's what I need to say to us tonight. I told you I just want to talk. If we say year of, release. year of release. Now, when did we enter into the year of release? Last, Last September. What was the date? 13th. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, when is it over? That's, that's a trick because you think September 13th of 08. It's not. <clears throat> um, what's that? No, 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 no. It's only one year only one year watch this it, it is over somebody go uh in your in your if you have a, a biblical calendar uh it should say um or you have a calendar in general uh it should say look around september october because i don't have it in front of me it should say september october and uh, it'll tell you i'll be able to tell you what the date is so who's doing that who got it amen nobody okay all right but not not a checkbook calendar that ain't gonna <laughs> that's just numbers what you got? Oh, funeral home calendar. I don't want no funeral home calendar. <laughs> Amen. No, okay. That's somebody's homework. That's somebody's homework. Rosh Hashanah for next year, for 2008. You got it? You're looking for Rosh Hashanah. It should be in September, October-ish. Okay, Yom Kippur, so it's before this. Yep, there it is right there, September 30th. Okay, so September 30th ends the year of release. All right? Because it's a Hebrew calendar. It's based off Hebrew, all right? So that means you've got between now and then to get in position and to get it. Or you miss it. And... Y'all ready? Because here's the prophetic part. You ready? If you miss it, it will not cycle for another seven years. It won't. It won't. 
And watch this. And watch this. And for some, this is the last cycle you'll get. I, now, I disqualify what I'm saying because, see, some of y'all look at me like, Bishop, that's real mean. I'm just telling you that I don't always have something good to say. But it is good because you can get it together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I'm about to take you through a total extreme makeover. You ready? You got your pen and paper? We're about to have extreme makeover. You ready? Number one, you need a set-aside time every day for you and God. A set-aside time every day. Five minutes is not enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Y'all know that five-minute Jesus time. Father, I just thank you so good in Jesus' name. Bless this day, amen. <laughs> that wasn't even five minutes. And then you're walking around putting your deodorant on while you're saying that. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus. I bless you, Father. So you're still distracted. Okay? In that time. Don't have the TV on. I just like it on just in case there's a word of the spirit come through. No. He talked to you. He don't need to talk to the TV. He'll talk to you. Set aside time. Bishop, when should I do it? I encourage you, if you can, do it at the beginning of your day. Why? Because then you've given them the first fruit of the day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, depending on your work schedule, you know, I understand people work nights, all this kind of thing. So you got to figure out what's going to work for you. But every day there's a set aside time. Let me tell you how that time goes. You ready? All right. It starts like this. It starts with praise. Do not start with prayer. This is why you say that. I'm going to tell you why in just one moment. Matter of fact, I'll tell you now. Enter his gates. With thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Okay. That, that is giving us a picture of when you're approaching a king. I don't start asking the king for stuff before I get before him. And if I start with prayer, I'm not even in there. So, so it just, boom, it bounces. I pray amiss. Because I didn't even get past him. I didn't make it past the guards at the door. And so I pray for stuff and I don't see nothing. I'm like, Lord, did you hear me? I mean, probably not because you weren't even in there. I start with praise. I start with thanksgiving. And then now my goal is to ascend to worship. Bishop, what does it mean to ascend to worship? Now, most people, you'll think, okay, cool. I start with a fast song, then go to a slow song. Watch this. Fast and slow has nothing to do with praise and worship. Praise is about what he's done. Worship is about who he is. So how do I make the transition? My praise will then take me into a place to where God, I realize you did all of that, but I had an epiphany. Even if you'd done none of that, you're still God. So now I've worshiped. So now I've entered in. In that, what praise and worship is also going to do for you, it's going to help to kill your flesh. God does not hear fleshy prayers. Let me give you an idea of a fleshy prayer. Father, hmm. tell me y'all know how y'all do. I don't care. Right is right. Um, I'm really mad. And 
you know, I've been going to church, and I don't know why you're doing this to me, but I praise you anyhow. Okay, so that's a fleshy prayer. He didn't hear that. Didn't hear it. Didn't hear it. Matter of fact, he... He doesn't hear that. And I, I'm going to take you to the tabernacle in a while. But there, there was an altar that they had to go to. The priest had to go to. It was called the brazen altar. It was a place where they washed and they cleansed their flesh. Because when they were going into the Holy of Holies, if they smelled like flesh, God would kill them. I'm going to take you through it in a, in a few months. He would kill them. That's why the priest in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Tanakh which is Torah, verse 5, books of the Bible, books of the prophets, all that. If they'd walk in, they put bells on the ends of their garments. So as long as the bells were going, <laughs> Aaron's still alive. He's still alive. God's still talking. He's still alive. Then bells stop. Oh, he's gone. Let's pull him on out. Because the presence of God was so strong that if I came before him wrong, it'd kill him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that's why when I say we owe God praise and like Sunday I said we owe him that. Please understand I'm not doing him a favor to do that. Because if I go in there with my flesh, please understand now today he don't knock folks out like that. Because he used that before as a sign. He doesn't have to do that anymore because we are the sign. He lives in us. But please understand if I go in there with my flesh y'all, please understand something is going to die. That's why sometimes you ever came and you half heartedly worship God and you leave church and then you leave and you're like, well, I don't know. Because the Lord said, come to me like that again. You understand? This is like when people, when people, when people, if people are respectful to me, I will be respectful to them. But you cross on over and I'll cross on over with you because I'm from the projects. Don't play with me. And I will act project-ish. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Orange Mountain. <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. <laughs> don't talk about it. Don't talk. Watch this. So, praise, ascend to worship, and then I pray. Then I pray. All right, like I said, we'll get a lot more in detail of this uh, moving forward. Then I pray, all right? And then as I'm praying, what happens is that, that there's a transformation that comes. There's a transformation that happens. When I worship God, I become like God. What is it? What are you trying to say? Association brings assimilation. If I'm around him, I don't need eight steps to being a good husband. I'll just come out. A good husband. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all like that. Y'all didn't know I could dance. No. <laughs> I can't dance for nothing. You understand what I'm saying? I don't have to say, Lord, give me eight steps to being a nice person. When I see him, I'm transfigured to look like him. I don't need four steps to stop smoking. I don't need Nicorette. I don't smoke. You understand what I'm saying? Because I already know some of y'all, see, Bishop smokes. That's what I, I did not smoke. All right. All right. That's number one. God needs the first fruit of your day. Number two, there are many of us <clears throat> that, that, please understand, we have delayed obedience. 
And we do it in the name of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, I ain't started tithing yet because, see, I'm trying to use wisdom, Bishop, because then I ain't going to be able to pay my Excel bill. So now is that wisdom for me to be sitting at home with the lights on? Watch this. And I'm using tithing as an example. Delayed obedience is 100% complete disobedience. And there's no honor in using wisdom to disobey God. See, people will try to use spiritual stuff for a reason why they don't do what God told them to do. Okay, y'all didn't hear what I just said. And they'll, use, they'll try to get real deep on you. And they'll quote books of the Bible. They know they ain't read. It says in Nahum chapter 8. Nahum ain't got 8. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So in that and through that, what happens is, is that number two for you is 100% on-time obedience. 100% on-time obedience. When God says do it, you don't delay, you do it then and there. If you're like me, see, I, 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 let me just be, can I, can I be confessions? I don't know what part I'm on now. But these are my confessions. I will drag out a dumb decision for months. You hear what I'm saying? I need to say I used to. Let me say it like that. I ain't going to speak that. And so I'm trying to figure out, man, do I really like that suit? $74. Okay. And two and three months later, man, I don't really know if I like that suit. Hmm. And watch this. I'll spend time during my day trying to make a stupid decision. I told somebody on Sunday, I need to just talk, uh, talk very raw real quick. Um, say dumb. Dumb, in the Bible, a donkey is a dumb animal. If you read King James, it says ass. Watch this. Most of us spend time chasing ass. Dumb stuff. Now see, some of y'all went to a whole nother degree. No, hear what I'm saying? It's dumb. Study Balaam and Balaam's donkey. Bible called, read the, it's in the Bible. <laughs> like those saints, it's in the bylaws. It's in the bylaws. Now watch this. We will spend time, waste time, chasing dumb stuff. Don't mean nothing. You'll spend time chasing after folks' approval. Don't mean nothing. But please understand, I don't need you to like me for me to be able to be who I am. You don't like me, something wrong with you. What's up with you? That's the real question. In ministry, I would have people that would hate me. And I would say, what, what? and people would say, oh, he think that, he think that, he just think that. And I'm saying, you don't even know me. You're crazy. Looney. <laughs> the light's not on. You understand what I'm saying? And I decided years ago, I'm not going to spend time trying to take prisoners. I'm not going to spend time trying to get people to try. If you don't get it, then you just ain't going to get it. There's six and a half billion people. I'll find somebody else that do get it. But dumb stuff, you'll spend time chasing why did somebody say something the way they said it to you? 
chasing after that? Dumb stuff. Okay, here's the agreement. Number two, or number three, rather. No chasing dumb stuff. Now, if you need to get graphic with yourself, I gave you permission to use another word. Bible gave you permission. In that context, don't be going home talking to your kids like that. <laughs> I'm going to go in there with them kids. I'm going to lay hands. I'm going to be a little wild in there. All right? They're in there, right? I'm going to be in there in a little bit. Okay. No more dumb stuff. Dumb is something that is not or necessity for your existence. It's dumb. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's dumb. It's stupid. Stress yourself out trying to work two and three jobs to make an extra $40 a week. Stupid. Sow a seed and he'll bring your harvest greater than the 40. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Stupid. All right. Number four. Get your house in order. Bishop, how I know my house out of order? If even you don't like going there, it's out of order. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Bishop, my kids don't like coming on. Well, they, 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 well, you, maybe, I don't know. Maybe you need to just beat them real good. <laughs> I'm joking. Don't beat your kids. But a good shaking every night. No, I'm just, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Don't try to take that off the table. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Bishop, how do I get my house in order? Real simple. Here's the Bible. Here's parents. Here's mom and dad or whatever. Here's kids. Kids, you want to go to hell? No. So do the Bible. Parents, you want to go to hell? No. So do the Bible. Doop, your house is fixed. Bishop, that's too simple. That's the problem. You make it too deep. You're trying to diagnose your kids. They don't need no diagnosis. They need a whooponosis. <laughs> Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. I was watching a talk show the other day, and they came up with some new disorder. I said, no, that's just called you should have knocked him out when he was three. I hate you, Mom. No, listen, let me show you hate. Come here, boy. I'm just messing. Y'all think I'm violent. I'm messing. Okay? But you got to get it in order. In your house, subgroup, number one, your finances. You need to get them in order. Some of you don't even really know how much you make because you just have it automatically deposited. And by the time it get there, it's covering stuff from the last time because you overdid stuff the last time. And then you got to do this. And then you got 12 payday loans. And then you got this over here. Then you owe a month with Moo something and, and Pookie them something. And then you're paying them back. And then you got this credit card. You got too much. Go you don't know what's going on in your life. You need to write it down. And you need to make a budget. Here's what's coming in. Here's what's going out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And stop blaming, ooh, the devil attacking my finances. No, you attacking your finances. It's called bad management. And you want to know what God says about it? God says, if I can't trust you with one talent, don't even think about asking me for a third one. If I can't trust you with three, what are we talking about five for? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Bishop, that's too rough. You just need to encourage us. I'll encourage you. Quit spending. Take your lunch to work. 
Ain't nothing wrong with a bologna and mayonnaise sandwich. Fry that bad boy up. Put some hot sauce on it. Come on, somebody. Get yourself some fruit. Whatever you got to do. All right. Under, uh, uh, this is a subgroup to, to what number is, am I on? Four. Subgroup to number four. So finances, the, the second after finances, the next thing after finances is you need to get a daily priority list. A daily priority list. What am I going to accomplish this day? Stop letting your job determine what you do for your day. Egypt tells you you got to be here at 9, you get to take a break at 10:15, you got to be here at 12 and then all that. And Egypt tells you all of that. Why don't you start telling Egypt, "Okay, listen. I understand those are parameters I got to follow. Don't be telling your boss the Lord, I need to go spend some time with the Lord right now. I understand I'm supposed to be on the phones, but I got to go." Okay? You're going to lose it. Okay, so don't do that. But what you do is is you need to have some priorities. On Monday, I'm going to contact these people, these people, these people. I'm going to knock out a little bit on my credit every day or whatever it is you're going to do. You understand what I'm saying? Daily priority list. Most of us just wake up and just say, come on, Lord, make it happen. And he says, no. I'm resting. Last I read, he's in the seventh day. Seventh day is rest. He said, I'm resting. I'm through. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. The Bible says nothing's new under the sun. I don't have nothing new to create. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't just wake up and say, okay, life, give it to me. Because it will. And it will with some stank on it. It'll, it'll chop you up stanky. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> what I just tell you? Daily priority list. After daily priority list, here, here, here's the important thing. Cut stuff that brings no value. Cut stuff that brings no value. And I'm just about through here because we got to sing. Cut stuff that brings no value. Bishop, what does that mean? Have you ever looked at your day and realized how much time you waste on reading tabloids on the Internet? I'm not talking to you, but maybe your neighbor does. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm looking at all the eyes going across the room and everything. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. And maybe it's not that. But there's time during the day. Can I tell you what? We're never going to get time back. Never get it back. Feason says this. It says redeem the time because the days you've got left are evil and you better know what to do on them. I never get. See, that's what, I don't have dumb conversations anymore. I used to, I used to let even preacher friends. Anybody? Preachers. We just want to talk about nothing. Yeah, man, yeah, we got this new baptismal pool. And I tell you, know, like, that's nice, you know. Watch this, though. <laughs> if it doesn't bring me any value, it's a waste of my time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a waste of my time. There's friends I talk to. And I'm, I'm talking about you. There's friends you talk to that those conversations are an absolute waste. You're not talking about anything meaningful. You're not talking about destiny. You're not talking about doing what God's ordained. You're talking about stuff that has no value. Now, granted, use wisdom. 
Okay, don't be so deep that every friend you talk to, what you want to talk about? Oh, no, I'm in a prayer room right now. I can't talk to you about that. <laughs> don't be weird. You know what I'm saying? Because I can see y'all doing it right now. People walking into church. Bishop, what do you want to talk? I don't have any. <laughs> don't be weird, all right? But look at how you spend your time. Look at how you spend your time. You understand what I'm saying? You never get it back. Look at how you spend it. All right? With that, I told y'all Sunday, you can put under that. I told you Sunday, you need to get your houses and your cars clean. Cleaned, as Medea say. <laughs> you need to get your stuff clean. I'm telling you, please understand, please understand. And I ain't talking about the rooms everybody see. You know how to do those. You got it down to a system. Somebody tell you on their way, you get that fork out and start to put them vacuum lines in the ground. <laughs> Don't play with me. Y'all know how y'all do. <laughs> you get that little stuff or you put your foot across the carpet so it look like the vacuum lines. and you. <laughs> y'all ain't saying nothing. Or you'll vacuum the front part when they walk in so that it looks like the whole house is back. Watch this. Your bedroom is a reflection of your mind. Your car is a reflection of your mind. Bishop, I don't have time to clean. That's why you don't. Because you just do, 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 do. You don't know where you're at. You understand what I'm saying? You just, what's that game? I asked you about it a few weeks ago. I forgot it that quick. Where the little ball would go back and forth, ping pong or pong or whatever. You just, the ball is just doop, doop. You checking in and out of reality every few minutes. There go your daydreams, doop, because you didn't write it down, so it's not a real vision. Doop, doop, doop. Have no sense of direction, no sense of where we're going. If I don't know where I'm going, when I get there, how do I know I'm there? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm horrible with directions. And the other day, uh, me and one of the staff members, we had to go and, and get some stuff. And they're horrible with directions, too. Matter of fact, they're worse with directions than I am. And watch this. And we had to go pick some stuff up uh, for ministry. And we had to go pick some stuff up. And so, and so my navigation thing wasn't working. And so, uh, you know, I was just, I said, well, this is, it's got to be in sequential order. Let's just drive. <laughs> and so we ended up going in the wrong place and just all over. It was by a railroad track. Matter of fact, I thought we was in Wyoming. I don't know where we were. <laughs> and so watch this. I had no clue, Mario, where I was going. So when I got there, it would have been hard for me to know, except I knew the name of the place. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I'd never seen it before. And we did the map quest. The problem with the map, no, that's a good question. The problem, why didn't you get a map quest? The problem with the map quest is, though, uh, is that I was trying to take a shortcut because I didn't want to get on the highway because it was 515. <laughs> So, <laughs> I-25 wasn't an option. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Where are you going? Where are you going? What are you doing? Life is more than going out to eat on Friday nights. Talking about, ooh, I just love my life. Because you ate out on Friday night. That's life. Because my God, then in that case, I'm in heaven. I eat every night, so I'm in heaven. Thank the Lord. I guess I'm all, I kept checked out already. Where are you going? Look at the neighbor and say, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Watch this. Watch this. <clears throat> in that, uh, what am I on, number five? Number five, last thing. 
Never set yourself up for failure. Never set yourself up, continue with that, for disappointment. All right? This is what that means. <clears throat> if I don't plan, then I'm really planning to fail. And a lot of times, because we're Christians, we, we, we so super spiritualize stuff. Everything is super spiritual. The devil's attacking my body. No, you eat after 12 and you're, you got heartburn. That ain't him. That ain't the devil. That's you. Watch this. Watch this. <clears throat> if I don't plan, and the only way I get that plan is through connecting with Christ. If I don't plan, life is just going to happen to me. It's going to happen. Question is, how do I get a plan that I know is from God? How do I get a plan that I know is going to work? Very simple. You ready? It was the very first thing on your list. Ready, class? Read. Set aside time for God. Can I make an announcement to you? Y'all ready? Can I make an announcement to you? Ain't nobody talking. Now, y'all was talking at first when I was talking about all the good stuff. But God says this. He says, some of y'all, I see you every Sunday, but you're a visitor. He says, you're a visitor. I ain't talking about church membership visitor. I'm talking about, he says, you're a visitor. He says, I don't see you on a consistent basis. What, 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 he, what he means is this, is he says, you don't know me because you don't have intimacy with me. Watch this, watch this. And wouldn't it be foolish for you to go to someone and say, let's get married. The Lord told me. Spoke it in my shonda. But you don't know them. Watch this. Watch this. Wouldn't it be foolish? Watch this. To hook up with somebody that you met 20 minutes ago. You don't know them. And I ain't talking about hookups. I'm talking about let them in your house. Some of y'all got crazy folks up in your house, and you wonder why you got crazy spirits, because you let everybody in your house. You let everybody up in there. Hey, hey, come on. Come on, and they bring all their junk in their house with you, and then you left at the middle of the night. You got to ward off Freddy and Jason and Kruger and all of them. Please understand, your house has got to be a sacred, it's got to be a sacred place. Your automobile's got to be a sacred place. No, you just, I don't know who you, you can't just come up in here. It's got to be sacred. Because whatever you let in there, you're giving access to you. And then when you give it access to your environment, see, where you are is almost important as who you are. In the environment you're in will then speak into you. Whatever has your ear controls your thoughts. Whatever controls your thoughts controls what you speak. What you speak is what you have. Missy, where it say that in the Bible? You need to get the tape. <laughs> Watch this. <clears throat> Watch this. And I'm through. God says this to us, and we're going to spend the last few minutes tonight doing that. He says, I want you. 
I want you. Tell somebody say he wants you. God wants you. Watch this. So many times, anybody ever, just be real with me tonight. Anybody ever felt, maybe today, you've ever felt like a failure? Let me see your hand. Watch this. Watch this. Especially men struggle with that because men find their identity primarily in what they do. <clears throat> so if a man doesn't like what he does, then he'll tend to not like who he is because he thinks that what he does is who he is. It's a generalization, not true for everybody. Watch this. In worship, y'all, God says, and I need to get graphic with you for about 30 seconds. Worship is like intimacy. I was talking to somebody last week about it. It's like intimacy. It's intimacy. Um, it's all adults in here, so I can be adult. It is the highest peak of intimacy. That's what worship is. The times I've changed in my life have not come from a message I've listened to. It's come from worship. When I was mad at the world, ready to cut somebody up, I didn't stick in a, no tape of, you know, Jesus, don't help me cut my brother. <laughs> From Reverend, you know, down the street. <laughs> no, 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 no. I worshipped. Here's what happens in worship. Okay, I got to get intimate. Watch this. In worship, the Bible says that we are the bridegroom. We're the bride. We're the bride, excuse me. He's the groom. Okay. He's the man. Think of yourself in this analogy as the woman. In sexual intimacy, because that's what worship is. In sexual intimacy, the man is impregnating the woman with something. But it doesn't happen during foreplay. Bishop, what you, I didn't know this was spiritual. Watch this. Most of us never actually get to intimacy with God. We stay right out here. Foreplay. Mm, Jesus, you're so cute. I really bless you. I really love you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Are we done saying hallelujah? I'm ready to sit down. So he says, I was about ready to give it what you were looking for. But you stopped too soon. I was about ready to give you the vision that you've been asking for, to give you the answers you've been asking for, you've been praying for a breakthrough. I was about to tell you how to get it, but you stopped too soon. And now that you've stopped, what you came for, you don't even get. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And during that intimacy, when God impregnates you, what happens is, is that He's pulling out of you, you, and giving you him. See, we pray prayers like, Lord, I want to be more like you, but you ain't spending no time with him, so it's impossible. Lord, we want to be like you. Hallelujah. I want to be, I want to be like Jesus. Spend 10 minutes with him, and you won't be like him. It's impossible. You know what I'm saying? So tonight, here's how we're going to finish. Because some of the stuff you've got to get in order in your life, you're not even going to know where to start until he impregnates you.
Bishop, how do I know I got to that point in my worship? How do I know I got to that point? Because watch this. I've had this happen to me twice, and I remember both times. And, and this is not necessarily it, what, what will happen to you. But there have been worship times where I have, hear me, I have left myself. Bishop, that's spooky. No, it was spooky when it happened until I figured out what happened. And I was able to watch myself worship. Now you're saying, Bishop, I don't know if I can do that. Well, that ain't what I'm trying to get you to. Here's what I'm trying to get you to. Losing yourself in him. Some of you, you're holding on to anger. You know why you're holding on to it? Because, because you're holding on to it. So everywhere you go, I don't know why I can't let this go. <laughs> Father, I just loose it in Jesus' name. I don't want to be like this anymore, Jesus. I loose it. Ah! Ah! Ooh, I'm tired. I'm just getting stressed out, Bishop. I'm losing my way. I don't know what's going wrong. And you've been carrying a 50-pound pulpit behind you the whole time. Here's the goal. The goal is, is in my worship, I lose what I came in there with. And I exchange it for him. So we're going to do that tonight. Is that all right? We're going to do that tonight. Let's go ahead and pack up your Bible. And we're going to worship for a few minutes tonight. Amen. If you wanted the title of tonight's teaching is called. Bishop just had something to say. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> Amen. And here's what I want us to do. Now, I just gave you the pattern, right? The pattern is what? And then my prayers will be effective. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. What I want us to do is everybody standing. I want everybody standing. Everybody standing. And here's what I just want you to do. Old saints used to say this. When I think 